1: Presented by Angie.com, your home for everything home. Wagner sprayers,
3: quick creep, and dyche coatings. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. On air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: What are you working on today? If it's your house, if you're in the right place, because that's where we are. We've been fixing up houses for decades and helping other folks do just that as well. So if you've got a question about a project that you'd like to get into this spring, well, we'd like to get into it with you. You can add that to our to-do list by calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT or posting your question for the fastest response at moneypit.com slash ask. Just click the blue microphone button. Coming up on today's show, did you guys know that one dandelion plant can make up to 15,000 weed seeds? That's kind of crazy. We're going to help you win the battle against these green invaders with tips on how to tackle stopping weeds for the entire season.
0: And also ahead, natural stone countertops have been a popular choice for kitchens, but they're also very high maintenance. So is the beauty and durability of these stone tops worth the hassle that goes along with it? We're going to highlight the pros and cons.
3: And are you ready to take on a big painting project this Memorial Day weekend? Well, maybe like painting the entire exterior of your house. That would be big, right? That's
0: a big project. <laughs> yeah.
3: As challenging as that might sound, it's actually totally doable. So we're going to share some tips on tools that can make the job a lot easier.
0: Plus, we've got a great giveaway. We've got a new product from Dice Coatings called Rock Patch, which can help you easily repair and restore any concrete surface that was damaged over the winter season. And that's a prize worth almost 50 bucks.
3: To qualify, all you need to do is reach out to us with your home improvement question. That product's going out to one caller drawn at random. You can reach us by calling 888-666-3974 or better yet, go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button. You can record your question for the fastest possible response.
0: All right, Colleen in Texas, you've got the money, pit. how can we help you today? Yes, I was wondering about a product called Restore. It's called
2: Liquid Armor Resurfacer, and I have a dock that I wanted to put it on.
3: All right, I'm familiar with those Restore products. I've not used them, but I know what they're supposed to do. One thing I would tell you is I don't know about the brand you mentioned. I would make sure it's a brand that's been around for a long time because we've seen some of those thick paint products do more damage than good. I know, for example, that Rust-Oleum, which is a good brand, makes a product called Restore. It works on concrete and decks, as well as vertical siding. So I might start by taking a look at the Rust-Oleum product. Just make sure you stick with a name brand that's been around a long time, so that you know that you've got a really good product that you're putting on the deck. And I would also make sure that you tested it in an area, maybe on a couple of deck boards to make sure you're completely happy with it before going all in on the entire deck or dock.
2: And is it harder to use this type of product versus just a regular paint? Yeah,
3: it's going to be more difficult because it's about ten times thicker than paint. So the application is, you know, got to be done right. Uh, you're going to use similar tools, but it's just going to it's going to be slow.
2: Okay. Well, thank you so much.
3: You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
0: Now we've got Scott in Iowa on the line who needs help with a painting project. Tell us what you're working on.
3: Bye just recently bought a um, rental house
1: and the plaster it's an older home and the plaster was falling off the house well the guy i bought it from had repaired it but if you look at it it's falling out in some areas and falling back in in some areas and i was just wondering would i have to redraw dryer it all the way or is there a cheaper and easier way to fix
3: that How much of this exists? Is there a lot of this that's where it's, the plaster seems to be loose? Throughout the whole house. Yeah. Okay, so it's a problem because it's going to be dangerous. What happens is the plaster when it's applied, it's applied over something called wood lath, which are like thin strips of wood. Kind of look like those sticks we use to hold up Garden plants and tomatoes and things like that. And the plaster expands to behind the lath and it sort of locks in place. But over the years, with an old house, those keyways, we call them, loosen up and then the plaster is not attached to the wall anymore. So you are looking at a situation where the walls are going to get. Worse, It's not going to get better. And if it's the ceiling that's loose, it could be dangerous because when that plaster falls, it's really, really heavy. I've seen it dent floors and certainly could hurt somebody. So now we have the question is, what's the best way to deal with this? Should I tear the plaster out? Should I drywall over? I've done it both ways. I've come to the conclusion after trying it this way for many years that the best thing to do is to put drywall on top of the plaster, not tear it out for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's less messy. Uh, Secondly, that even when you tear out the lath and the plaster, you'll find that the studs from the old house behind it are not very even. So when you put drywall up, it tends to warp sometimes. So what I would do is I would attach new drywall over the plaster. You can use three-eighths of an inch thick drywall too. You don't even need to use half-inch drywall. And then by attaching from the drywall through the plaster into the studs, you'll help secure that loose plaster so you won't have any further movement in that room. That would be my recommendation. That works out. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 888-666-3974.
0: Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90 percent of their time indoors?
3: That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold
0: Daddy in Oregon, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today?
2: We have a patio that had some cracks in it. It is exposed aggregate. My husband dug it out and filled in the cracks. Now, our question for you is, is there a sealer with some colorant that we could use over the whole area?
3: I, I think what you're asking us for is a concrete stain. Sealers are always clear. So if you've got this crack filled in and... You've got some color to that. Then what you're going to have to do is stain the concrete to match that. And then you could seal it. But you'd have to stain it. And if you're going to stain concrete, you would use an acid stain.
2: Okay. Is there anything you can
0: recommend? Quickrete makes a great one. In couple of good colors more neutral than anything a little crazy but it's an easy to apply product you're going to get some great coloration there and you know it's a reputable brand they know what they're doing so i would start there
2: well that sounds great and i I really love your show thank
3: you very much Dottie. good luck with that project
0: hey you want to make our day well go ahead and leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts, and we'll be jumping for joy plus you guys your feedback helps us make the show even better for you just go to moneypit.com slash review
3: Well, as you walk around the outside of your house on these increasingly warmer days, have you noticed that your concrete walk or your patio or your driveway looks a little worse for wear? Winter has that effect on those surfaces. And that's why on today's show, we're going to give away a product that can help restore them called Rock Patch. It's new from Dyche Coatings, and it's a pre-mixed polymer stone formula that can be used to fill low spots or to level or resurface any ugly cracks If you've got some holes in the concrete, maybe you've got some deterioration from using the dreaded rock salt and ate away the surface of the concrete, you can fill all of those spaces and make them nice and neat and smooth with rock patch. Super easy to use. You don't have to mix it up. You just pop the lid, give it a stir, and apply, and it dries in 24 hours. It's available online at DiceCoatings.com. Also on the Home Depot's website and Lowe's, the one gallon container sells for forty one ninety five, and we've got one of those to give away on today's show. So call us with your questions, and it might just be you. The number here is one eight eighty eight Money Pit.
0: Now we've got Mark in Oregon on the line who needs some help with a hardwood flooring project. Tell us what you're working on.
3: Got an old wood floor,
1: uh, hardwood floor that uh, is looking oh kind of rough, but I don't really want to put a showroom shine on it, but yet I still want to keep it. Uh, protected and I kind of want to keep it clean. So I was wondering if there's a product that you would suggest to more or less not refinish it, but yet keep it maintained, I guess.
3: Well, so what you're saying is that you don't want to go all in and have it and and like totally sand it down. You just want to sort of brush it up a little bit. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, because it's it's well used. It's in a dining room, but yet I think I kind of like that antique or almost museum look to it.
3: Is any of it worn down to the bone? Do you see uh, the raw wood anywhere or is it just scuffed up a bit?
1: It's it's pretty much scuffed and worn down, I would say, yeah, but it's not uh it's not it's not bad looking. It's just uh I just don't want to really put a shine on it and make it look like it's a brand new uh hardwood floor. You're going to need
3: to pull the furniture out of the room and then you have to do a light sanding of the floor if it's not really worn out to the point where like it's it's got uh, cracks or crevices or digs or you know areas where the the stain is missing or anything like that it's just sort of roughed up a bit. You can do a light sanding, and the easiest way to do that is with a floor sander and a sanding screen on it. You go out and rent one of these floor sanders like you see used at a commercial building or the mall or someplace like that, and then they'll give you at the store a couple of sanding screens that go underneath it, and then you very carefully and slowly, you do like a light sanding of the whole thing, and then you'll have to hand sand along the 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 baseboard and the corners and so on. Then uh, damp mop it just to make sure you get up all of the dust, vacuum and damp mop it. And then what you can do is apply two or three coats of satin polyurethane. I mean, you can even get flat polyurethane if you want absolutely no sheen to it. But satin usually has just enough sheen uh, to protect it but not be too obvious. And you apply that with, not with a brush, but with a lamb's wool applicator. You pretty much mop it on with the lamb's wool applicator. And uh, stay out of the room for a couple of days and you'll be good to go.
1: Well it sounds great to me. I'll give it a try.
3: All right. Good luck with that project, Mark. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
0: Now we're heading over to Delaware where Margie has a crawl space question. What can we help you with?
2: I'd like to know if you should put plastic on the ground underneath your house. We have like a three foot and so we can climb under there. Should we lay plastic on that for a barrier, for a moisture barrier? Underneath that, like in a branch house.
0: What's the is it underneath the entire house or is it just under a certain area?
2: No, it's underneath the entire house. You can crawl under, and was, someone
0: said you should put plastic on the top of the dirt. Now, are you having any moisture issues inside the house? Uh, not really. We were just thinking it would be a good idea to do that. Now, generally, with an enclosed crawl space or one that's, you know, smaller scale to an entire home, we would always recommend putting down sort of a plastic sheathing, and you want to fill the entire space. And in areas where you do have to have seams, you want to make sure that you overlap, you know, a good foot or two so that it really lays down nicely. Um, now Tom, would you do that if it's under the entire house?
3: Yeah, I put it down across the crawl space floor along the entire house because it stops the moisture in the soil from wicking up and evaporating up into the air and then getting the insulation damp and making it ineffective. So it's always a good idea to have it's called a vapor barrier and have that down on top of that soil surface. You also wanna check the exterior though to make sure that your gutters are clean, the downspouts are extended. It's part of a of a moisture management solution. It's not just, you know, one off.
0: You want to make sure you're limiting the amount of moisture that actually gets to that, you know, the dirt or the soil underneath the crawl space. So if you make sure that your gutters are extending away from the house, you know, a good three feet or so Um, and not depositing the water back towards that crawl space. You know, any sort of planting bedded areas, you want to make sure that that soil slopes away. You just want to do your best that you can to move the moisture away. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, we all love a lush green lawn, but sometimes what's green isn't exactly grass, nor is it very lush. In fact, weeds can destroy a lawn and remove any chance of turning your backyard into a perfect putting spot.
3: Well, that's right. But when you consider that just one dandelion plant can make up to 15,000 weed seeds, it's kind of a wonder any of us ever win the battle against these greed invaders. So to help, we put together a few tips on how to rid both your life and your lawn from these nasty weeds.
0: Well, first of all, the best way to control dandelions and other weeds in your yard is to grow a thick, vigorous lawn. Now, dense grass is going to crowd out those weeds and then block the sunlight that those seeds need to germinate. However, that's not always so easy to do. Now, lawn weeds usually fall under three broad categories, unwanted grasses, grass-like plants called sedges, and broadleaf plants. So to get rid of them, you need to identify the type of weed you have and then target that specific type.
3: Now, no single herbicide or weeding technique or lawn care tactic is gonna work against every type of weed. So how you attack the weeds in your lawn really depends on which you have. Now, if you're looking for a non-pesticide option, a weed barrier is a better solution. And another option is to get a covering on the ground that will compete with the weeds. Thick grasses, for example, is going to crowd out weeds and block the sunlight. Now, timing is super important. The best time to spray for weeds is between June and July. And then from late August to September is the best time to create new lawns if you're going to rototill Uh, and put down a new lawn, do it then. Or if you've got an existing lawn, what you can do is do core aeration. These are like sort of spike aerators that poke a hole down into the soil a few inches, and then you drop the seeds in those holes. And by the time next spring comes around, you'll be well on your way to a brand new lawn. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's a q u a t r u .dot com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's twenty percent off any Aqua True water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M O N E Y P I T. Money Pit.
2: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
0: Now we've got Jeff in Iowa on the line who is working on a bathroom plumbing problem. What's going on? Our house
1: was built in 1978. Still have the same toilets in it at the day it was built. So we decided to upgrade to uh, new high-efficient toilets. We bought 1.28 per gallon flush toilets with a 10 flush rating. And uh, we, our toilets sit back-to-back, basically. The master bat- bedroom has a toilet that sits just behind the toilet in the main bathroom. When you flush the toilet in the main bathroom, it sucks all the water out of the master bedroom toilet but it
3: doesn't do it the other way. Here's the problem. You've got a venting issue, and there's not enough air getting into the waistline that's probably feeding both toilets. And so as a result, when you flush one, you cause a draw on the other that pulls the water out. A lot easier to do when you have only one and a quarter gallons of water as opposed to maybe three or four gallons that you used to have with the older toilet. So you need to get a plumber in to look at this and figure out where the venting has gone wrong. You, there, there could be venting that also became obstructed. You could get rodents or animals that, that nest inside vents, but there's not, enough, there's not enough intake air getting into the plumbing system. And that's why you're getting this sort of suction problem. Whenever you have this condition, or if you get sometimes you get a gurgling when you flush or when you run sinks and, and water goes down, is because there's not enough air getting into the plumbing system. And that's going to be what will solve this for you. Okay, Jeff? All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Louise in Texas is on the line and needs some help cleaning up after a gardening project gone awry. Tell us what happened. Oh, yes.
2: We have these insidious vines. One found its way in a crack. I guess my windows weren't very good. And it grew into a back bedroom that I had closed off this winter. And it grew across my wall and onto the ceiling. So I pulled it down and cut it off. And I went outside and now it has left behind hard stuff on there that I can't get off. I don't know how to get it off without damaging the wall. Yeah, I
3: I know exactly what you're talking about. And whenever you have a vine attached to a house, those attachment points are really insidious. They're very hard to get off and it really takes nothing more than elbow grease. And so if you're talking about a drywall surface here, You're literally going to have to sand that surface, lightly abrade that surface, because you don't want to cut through the paper to get off anything that the vine left behind. Then once you're done sanding it, then you have to prime it. And you need to use a good quality primer here and prime the entire surface, if not the entire room, and then repaint the room. But there's no way to clean what's left behind with that vine debris. You have to actually physically abrade it off, scrape it, prime it, sand it, to get rid of it. And if you wanna slow down those vines from growing on the outside of your house, think about spraying Roundup on them. Roundup, you spray it on the leaves and it goes down through the plant's infrastructure and kills them at the roots and that might help get it under control.
0: George in was on the line with a decking question. What can we do for you today? The wife and I
1: have done the ceiling with the deck twice and both times, uh, the first time it lasted a year and it peeled up. And we sealed it again last year, and it peeled up again this, this time after the winter snow had melted. So we're not sure if you have any tips or some advice for us to help us out there.
3: well, You might want to think about doing a deck do-over where you just pull off the decking material and add a composite deck, keep the structure. You won't have to do this again. The, some of the decking sealants, if you don't strip down to the original lumber, they never absorb properly, and they'll, uh, they'll beat up and they'll, and they'll peel off. So your your options are to do that, strip off everything that you have there, and you literally got to strip it off down to the wood and sand it, and then you can use a primer and a solid color stain, and that will give you the maximum chance of adhering. The other thing you might want to think about doing, as I mentioned earlier, is doing sort of a deck makeover where you pull up the deck boards, and then you replace just the deck surface boards with a composite like veranda, for example, which is available at the Home Depot. And this way, you'll never have to worry about staining again. You can even keep your existing railing, or you could, you know, go further and change out the railing as well. But it doesn't affect the structure of the deck because the material is still sitting on top of the original joists. Just that the deck surface has now been completely made over, it looks great, and you never have to worry about staining or sealing again, because it's a lot of work. And you don't want to have to do it every year, that's for sure. Make sense?
1: Nope, that makes sense. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: Well, natural stone countertops have been a popular choice for kitchens, but they're also super high maintenance. So is the beauty and durability of those stone tops worth the hassle? We highlight the pros and the cons for you.
3: Yeah, so first up, I mean, stone countertops are somewhat indestructible. Most can take a hot pot. They're not going to dent or chip. Home buyers love them, usually because they've never had them before and don't know how much work they can be to take care of. But, you know, given the popularity, you can argue that they're going to add to your home's value. And, of course, the stone is beautiful. It comes in many colors and patterns, and the finish is almost always clear, so the natural beauty does shine through quite nicely.
0: All right, now on the minus side, stone tops are expensive. I mean, compared to solid surface and, of course, laminate. Now, prices vary based on the type of stone that you're picking. You know, with granite or quartz, those are usually at the top. Marble sometimes can be less, but remember that a marble surface is going to be softer, and therefore it's not going to wear as well. Plus, the color itself will darken with age. So the lighter you go is not how it's going to look down the road. Now, in terms of maintenance, granite tops demand the most. They get sealed once they're installed, but we hear frequently from listeners who are dealing with stains from tomato sauce, coffee, vinegar, grape juice, or even other similar products that just soak into that granite. And once they're soaked in, I mean, it's pretty hard to get those stains out.
3: Now, I guess if we had a stone top to choose, Leslie, we'd probably go with engineered quartz, right? I mean, you'll find tops in engineered quartz from brands like Caesarstone and Silestone available in lots of colors. But they're called engineered because they are made from a mix of natural quartz, dyes, and polyester resin and some other chemicals. And they have the definite advantage of being easy to maintain and not requiring sealers because they're just not as porous as the natural stone. So you get the beauty of the stone, but without having to deal with the maintenance. And to me, I think that makes it totally worth it. It's kind of like having the best of both worlds.
0: Check in Rhode Island, need some help cleaning something. What's going on at your money pit?
1: How would you suggest I go about removing blood stains from carpeting?
0: Well, I'm assuming since you're calling in, it's nothing that we want to hide or cover up, correct? No,
3: no. Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. All right. Are they, have they been down there a long time? Yeah, about six months. All right. So there's a couple of different things that you can try, one of which is to make a paste out of salt. And so you take a bowl of cold water and you put enough salt in to make a bit of a paste. And then you apply that to the carpet, let it sit a bit, brush it in with like a small brush, like a small old hairbrush or a toothbrush, and see if it starts to lift the stains away. Uh, You can dab it with water to kind of thin out the salt. Then after it dries, you can vacuum it, and that will pull all the rest of the salt off of it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is to try to make a mixture of hydrogen peroxide up and water. This hydrogen peroxide will also clean up blood I always say to try this though in an area that's inconspicuous because it also has somewhat of a bleaching effect. We don't want to have you bleach out the, the carpet, so you can try it in a corner under furniture in a closet, wherever you know, wherever you have a less visible area.
1: What ratio of the peroxide to water?
3: Well, no, actually, you can just put the peroxide on without water. Just put like three percent hydrogen peroxide. Okay, I'll try those those items and see what happens. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six six six. Three nine seven four. Well, guys, if the winter has left your concrete walks or your patio, your driveway kind of a little worse for wear, we've got a great product we're giving away this show to help you restore those surfaces. It's called Rock Patch, brand new from Dice Coatings. And it's a pre polymer stone formula that is used to fill and level and resurface those ugly cracks and shallow holes. Now, I like this stuff because there's no mixing. You know, it's not a powder that's in a bag like some of the other repair products. That are out there, so you don't have to deal with the dust. You just pop the lid, you stir, and you can apply it immediately. You'll find this product online at DiceCoatings.com, Home Depot, and Lowe's. A one-gallon container sells for forty-one ninety-five, but we got one to give away to today's show. You can reach out to us with your questions to qualify for this drawing at one eighty-eight Money Pit, or go to MoneyPit.com/ask and click the blue microphone button.
0: Andrea from Ontario, Canada is on the line with a mold question. How can we help you today?
2: My question would be, hi, um, regarding black mold. And it's um, sort of behind my sink, between the sink and the backsplash. There's a little bit of space. And this black mold settles in. There's a lot of moisture, obviously. We're running the water and it splashes. So um, behind and around the sink, as well as around my tub. I tried bleach. I rubbed it. We, at one point, uh, took out the caulking and recaulked it, but it came back. So I'm at a kind of a loss what to do with this.
3: Mold is going to grow any place that you have an organic material, which could be drywall, or it could also be, believe it or not, soap scum. Uh, it can have organic matter in it, and that can feed mold. And so you have a condition there that's going to be prevalent to mold regrowth. Even when you clean it, it's going to come back. You're not going to permanently prevent it unless you change the, the environment, the climate, uh, that uh, that exists in that particular area. So um, with respect to the tile area, let's deal with that first. When you retiled, when you re-caulked, I'm sorry, you, did you pull all the old caulk out?
2: Pulled it all out. It, all out. Um, it was actually our contractor who said, keep it uh, like very dry, bone dry, he called it. And then uh, once we had it all dried out, then he came back and put a layer of the white material. I'm not, not exactly sure what it was, but he finished it off.
3: Okay. So you're not quite sure what the product is. Here would be the steps. When you pull the old caulk out, you need to spray the joint between the tub and the tile with a bleach solution. That's going to kill any mold spores that are left behind. Then after that's dry, um, one additional step, fill up the tub with water because it makes it heavy and it pulls it down. And then... You caulk it, and when you caulk it, you want to use a product that has mildecide in it. Now, DAP, for example, has a caulk that has an additive called Microban, and Microban will not grow mold. It will prevent it from growing. And so if you use the right product and you take the step of of treating it with a bleach solution first before you apply it, that helps it to last as long as possible. But again, if you don't control humidity conditions, eventually it will come back. As for the sink, the same advice um, applies you not only have to clean it, which takes away the visual, but you have to spray it with a mildicide. And so you could mix, say, a 10 to 20% bleach solution with water and then uh, let it dry, and that will help prevent it from coming back.
2: I'll
0: try that. So, are you ready to take on a big painting project this holiday weekend? Like maybe you're painting the entire exterior of your home? Well, as challenging as that might sound, it's actually doable with a new line of Wagner Control Pro high-efficiency airless paint sprayers.
3: Yep. These paint sprayers feature a high-efficiency airless technology that produces up to 55% less overspray compared to traditional sprayers. And they output a softer spray with improved control. So you get a high-quality finish, and it goes on three times faster than a roller to get big jobs done very quick.
0: Yeah, and whether your project is to paint a deck, a fence, or an entire house, these airless paint sprayers make the big jobs so much easier. And in fact, you can definitely tackle them yourself. Now, if you go on wagnerspraytech.com, they're even going to give you step-by-step instructions on how you can spray paint your entire home. So it's definitely a DIY project.
3: Wagner Control Pro paint sprayers range in cost from 259 up to 479 and they can handle either water or oil-based paints and stains, and they really do make it easier to paint like a pro. You can see the complete line of Wagner products at wagnerspraytech.com. That's wagnerspraytech.com.
0: Dennis in California is on the line with the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Yes, I
3: have a house that was built in
1: 1979, and it has T111 siding on it, and I'm wanting to change the siding on it. Um, I want like a cement board lap siding. But my question is, is it is it practical or feasible to just tie back wraps over my T111 and then go ahead and put my new siding on top of that? Or will I be sandwiching against some problems?
3: Well, T111, for those that are unfamiliar, is essentially plywood siding. And it serves two purposes. It's a siding and it's the sheathing. So you do not have to remove that. Now, the downside is that you're going to have to pack out, so to speak, around the windows. The the windows will be a bit deeper than perhaps you've seen in the past. But that siding can stay just like that. You can put uh, Tyvek Over the siding and then uh, over the existing T111 siding, and then add your Hardy plank over that. Just follow the manufacturer's installation instructions. But there's no reason for you to pull that plywood off, because frankly, if you did, I'm afraid that you'd have to replace it with uh, just regular plywood, and there's really no point to that. The T111 serves a structural purpose as well as uh, keeping the water out of your house.
1: Oh, you know that makes sense. I didn't, I didn't think that It, it actually takes care of the shear, doesn't
3: it? It does. That's right. Mm-hmm. It protects it against the shear and the racking forces.
1: That makes sense. Okay, great. I now I have a direction to go. I, my concern was that if I put the solid, if, if, I, if I sandwich something in with a you know, sandwiching against some moisture or, or anything like that, and I didn't want to create problems down the road.
3: Yeah, well, let's, ho- let's hope not. If you use good siding on top of Tyvek, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Okay,
0: great. Well, thank you very much. Well, Cindy wrote into Team Money Pit and she's asking, I have an older home with an older furnace and air conditioner. I've been thinking about getting a home warranty policy. Is it worth the cost? And do you have any recommendations for a provider? Now, I didn't realize you could get warranties on an old, like on your home that's been around for a hundred years. Like I, I thought they were like really new construction things.
3: Well, first of all, there's a new construction warranty if the house is brand new, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a warranty that covers typically systems and appliances, and they're sold by a whole bunch of different companies. And I tell you, I've known some people that have gotten good experiences with them where it's been cost effective, but I've heard about a whole heck of a lot more that had bad experiences because of the fine print in the contracts. I mean, it used to be that if your air conditioning went, they would give you the new air conditioner, but they would charge you these kind of weird additional charges like – Duct modification charges. Of course, you've got to modify the ducts to put in a new system, and they would charge extra for that to try to make up some of the loss. Either the warranty company would do it uh, or the contractor would do it. But I've got to tell you, Cindy, of late, I've seen these new clauses that are showing up in their contracts, which are called depreciated value clauses. And because of your question, I looked one up because I think it's really important to understand what this means. What does a depreciated value clause mean? Because if you've got old systems, you'd be more likely to buy a warranty to cover them because they have a higher incidence of repair. Well, here's what this says. Uh, and this is a, from a company called Service Plus. Uh, and I don't know anything about them. I am just found this language online. Service Plus reserves the right to offer cash back in lieu of repair or replacement in an amount That is based on the depreciated value of the system or appliances, which may be significantly less than the retail cost to repair or replace the covered system and or appliance end quote. So let's think about that. What do you think the value of a, say an eight or nine year old dishwasher
0: is? Not a lot.
3: (laughs) Probably not very much. Not a lot. Right. And the same thing with maybe a 15 year old air conditioner. So, they're not really going to give you very much money if these systems fail. The only way it makes sense is if you have a system that's brand new or, say, within a few years still under the manufacturer's warranty, you'd be dealing with the manufacturer, but maybe just add a warranty, and then it fails. But, of course, it's going to be a depreciated value. They're never going to give you the cost of a new appliance. It's not replacement cost. They're going to give you the depreciated cost. Meanwhile, you, know, you could be spending hundreds of dollars a year On these contracts, what would happen if you just you took that two or three or four hundred dollars a year that these things cost, and put them in a a rainy day fund? You know, so when it rains and the system fails, you've got some money to to put it uh, against the replacement. So I just don't think they're really they weren't worth a lot before, and with these appreciated value clauses, I don't think they're worth anything going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean that really does not sound like a very good situation. So Cindy, I, I think our best advice here is to pass.
3: Well, we hope that you guys are enjoying this beautiful spring weekend and getting lots of things done around your house. Or maybe you're just enjoying the space that you've worked on. But whatever it is, when you run into challenges, when you run into projects, remember, you can count on us. 24-7 24-7 help you out if you reach out to us at one 888 Pit or post your questions at moneypit.com slash ask for the quickest possible response. Happy spring, everybody. Hope you are enjoying it. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Remember, you can do it yourself.
0: But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a
1: Money Pit.